Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us, and we are going to talk about it. My name is Jay Kyle Mann. I'm a video producer for The Ringer, uh, and I am joined, per usual, by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Yep. What a what a sing-songy good old dude Kyle Tucker is. Dealy dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So uh, the last couple of days, we've uh, gotten ourselves in trouble talking about uh, nicknames gone awry. So we'll try to avoid that. And we <laughs> did it in, in trying to avoid it yesterday. We got into it immediately again. So anywho, today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Cats in the NBA is, is a pretty hot topic tonight on, on the interwebs. And also we can talk a little bit about cats that are in the NBA that tried to discourage uh, other, uh, you know, potential cats from, from uh, <laughs> making choices. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about football and the weather. So I, I, one of the toughest things, and I'll just, I'll let y'all, uh, I'll let y'all behind the curtain a little bit here. Um, one of the toughest things about like just doing things in basketball, and this is a total wah, wah but, uh, is whenever you're trying to like do something else, like or try to do work, or if you're watching one game or another, you're oh, always you're getting missing you're something. <laughs> you're just perpetually like at some point last year was my first like real year of doing it and uh, of needing to kind of consistently watch and keep up on it, and uh, it, it was just every single night you you at some point just have to be like i can't watch everything i just can't especially when the college season starts you kind of just have to strategically check in on teams unless there's just like a great game coming up uh but tonight i was uh riding home from uh playing pickup uh and i started getting messages about pj washington who uh went off yeah he he made quite the introduction uh, for himself. He hit, I think, um, I think he hit three threes in like the first five minutes of the game, uh, and then ended up hitting seven of eleven from three, which is obviously a, a dramatic continuation of his improved three point shooting. Or I think he made five total threes as a freshman at Kentucky, and then shot well over forty percent last year and became a real three-point threat, which obviously made him a lottery pick. Sure. Uh, and there was actually a lot of buzz about P.J. shooting in the last couple of weeks from the preseason. I think he shot over 50% or around 50% from three in, in the preseason. Um, you know, and, and the front office was, was really kind of raving about how much better of a shooter he was even than they realized. Um, and then he comes out tonight and just like sets the world on fire. 27 points, seven made three pointers, I think four rebounds, a block and a steal. Uh, was the most points ever and most three pointers ever, uh, by a, a Hornets, uh, rookie in their debut. And, uh, I think I saw one of the, one of the stat historians or another on Kentucky basketball say it was the most uh, set a new record for the most points in an NBA debut by a former Kentucky player. Is that true? Huh. Yeah. That's so, interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, 20, I mean, your very first NBA game, there's not a lot of dudes that are dropping 27 in the first game they play in the league. Yeah. Um, so that's a big that's a big one. And uh, it's funny, I, I, I tweeted before the game, I kind of 
had a, saw it as an opportunity to send another wave of uh, links to the Kenny Payne story <laughs> that I wrote. Yeah. Um, they had 10, 10 former Kentucky big men that Kenny Payne worked with were having their season debuts in the NBA tonight. So I tweeted that out before. Uh, and then uh, tweeted out again when, when PJ caught fire shooting the ball because I, a big part of that story is Kenny let me watch him work PJ out this summer before he headed off to the NBA um, just as he was starting to heal up from that injury. Um, and it was really something to watch, just sort of the rigorous, detailed, you know, challenge-driven um, shooting workout because it wasn't even the full workout he couldn't do any kind of real running or contact but just the shooting workout that Kenny put him through was pretty intense and um and then like not long after PJ's dad actually texted me uh KP for president with three exclamation points tonight you mean text yeah you. yeah yeah right. texted me tonight yeah after after the game tonight PJ's dad texted KP for president so <laughs> uh, certainly another uh ringing endorsement for uh for pj washington i mean for well for pj and also for kenny Payne, um and, and you know it was a, the entire night really is like a an advertisement for kenny in kentucky carl towns another of the kentucky big men 36 points 13 sorry 14 rebounds three blocks three steals three assists and also hit seven threes uh carl's, as a, carl's basically trying to get a in seven footer <laughs> Carl's trying to get into the MVP discussion. Well, yeah, I just asked you last night, could Carl Towns be an MVP? And I guess so. Uh, you had Anthony Davis last night, and his opener have 25 and 9. Uh, Julius Randle tonight in his New York Knicks debut had 25, 11, 6 assists, 3 steals. Bam Adebayo, another Kenny Payne big man, had a double-double for the Heat, 14 and 11. Uh, and... Uh, Enos Canner was in double figures. Mm-hmm. A couple guys. I mean, it, obviously tonight was a big night. And then not a, not a big man, but another development story for Kentucky. Shea Gilgis Alexander, twenty six points um, in a loss, but nonetheless he was, uh, you know, as good as advertised. Circling back to PJ a little bit, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of them were just those, you know, catch and shoot looks, but, uh, he, they were quick. I mean, he got it up really quickly. It was, it was good to see. And something that I was happy to see is, you know, we all know that PJ has a pretty decent back to the basket game. Um, and I, I was kind of worried that he was going to just totally try to become a perimeter, um, like a, like a pick and pop guy exclusively when he had such a good, um, ISO back to the basket game. But one of the, one of the big things that I like for today's game is that PJ starting to make that like skip pass and he did it tonight and, uh, he made a skip pass and they, and they, he, they reversed the ball and he just popped right back out and, and nailed a three. So that was just, that was that in of it in and of itself was like a summary of like what, what PJ could be in the modern NBA. It's just that, uh, you know, he's strong enough and, uh, to, to get easy baskets and, and switches if they can get them. And, um, I don't know. Uh, it was, it was a good start. Yeah. A lot of my like NBA, you were talking about your NBA fan friends texting you. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like an ongoing just sort of <laughs> pissing match that I've had with like the rest of the people who are interested in just like player development is uh, is the Grant Williams PJ thing. And a lot of uh, they know I love them, but uh, they were getting a little snotty about the Grant Williams thing towards the end of the year. And I was just like, guys, I just can't in any universe with with peace of mind say that Grant Williams is a better player than PJ. I just can't do it. Like I've never seen I've watched Grant play a ton of times. I've watched them go head to head. Yeah, I've he's a, he's owned him a couple times too. PJ has. Yeah, as a freshman he owned him. It, like I I've, I've seen PJ punk him. So I just don't I, don't I mean, know. he I, told me like like Grant Williams did the rarest thing when he told me uh, after PJ dominated him for a half before he had those cramps. As a freshman in, in Knoxville, uh, Grant was like, "Yeah, he. I've known him forever, and he's really good. And he totally got in my head. Like, <laughs> basically, yeah. basically, he was like schooling me so bad, I, it had me rattled. Um, well, you know. And then PJ's a better athlete. He's longer. Oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. He's he's got a. You know. And as an NBA prospect, I don't even think it's close. PJ's um, PJ's like an antidote to, to what Grant Williams <laughs> offers. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's a better athlete. He's probably got you know he's a better shooter. Um, I don't know. He's just a, he's a good player. So it's good to see uh, those guys succeeding, and we'll check on check back in on them as we can. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit here. So yeah, I want to tell you a little bit about Grassroots Pharmacy. Uh, Grassroots Pharmacy is a locally owned independent pharmacy looking to change your idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be. Uh, They place a strong focus on nutrition supplementation and alternative therapies like CBD oil. And you've heard us talk about this place. They're good people. And, uh, you know, Kyle swears by them and has had a lot of experience working with these people. And uh, they're pharmacists pharmacists that they know that there's nothing more important than your family's well-being and they take the time to get to know you and we have first-hand experience with that they explain your medication and they answer any kind of questions that you might have they accept most insurance plans including medicare so they are located at 2304 sir barton way in hamburg pavilion located at the four-way stop next to best buy on the parking lot side where regal cinema is and uh, they're going to be open monday through friday 8 to 6 p.m and saturday 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Website is grassrootspharmacy.com. Phone number 859-263-1382. You know, we talked a little bit about how Winyan made the Kings roster and uh, people were happy for him about that. But I don't know how it happened, but I just kind of noticed that in the UK ether, uh, there was or whatever you want to call it, Zeitgeist, it was getting brought up again about uh, Winnie Gabriel going and saying things to potential UK players, recruits, specifically Jay McDaniels. Wasn't that the player that he went? It was Jade McDaniels, yeah. And this has been out there for a while. I've been hearing about this for a few months. Um, that, uh, hang on a second. We're a mess. I hate I hate ESPN like because I'm trying to look at stats and this video start autoplaying. Oh, it's um, the worst. Um, I'll mention this on the podcast. I went to look because there was a highlight of uh, of Scal having a putback dunk, and he has eight points and seven rebounds in eleven minutes so far tonight. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So this was kind of out there for a while. I knew about this a few months ago. Or heard about it. I don't. I didn't have any sort of confirmation. I had just heard 
the story, it became, I think, a little bit of like urban legend that uh, that Winion had reached out to Jaden McDaniels via direct message and basically told him, you know, like, I mean, really, it, it's being portrayed as sort of this like slam job, and and it, I think it, it was, was meant to be a little bit negative, although Winion says otherwise. Um, it really reads a lot like. Calipari's pitch to these guys where he's trying to be really honest with them and weed out guys that can't handle it where he says it's not for everybody it's going to be really hard I'm not promising you anything so that's what's weird like there's all this hubbub because of sort of the con the the content of this message uh, which Winion has uh, validated because he has reacted on social media he's pretty much admitted that this was him mm-hmm. um, but it, it, like to me, it, it doesn't really make Kentucky look bad, and it kind of makes Winion look bad. I mean, one, yeah. forget the forget the base idea that he's reaching out to recruits and kind of you know trashing Kentucky, but also just in sort of. Well, I'll just read it to you. He he says this is what he's saying to Jaden McDaniel's, uh, and I'm gonna sort of just paraphrase because uh, some of it will just run together or be profane, but. Uh, he basically says, today I saw that Kentucky was recruiting you. I did a pre-draft workout with your brother, his brother Jalen McDaniels. Is Jalen? Yeah. Uh, McDaniels, who's in the NBA now. Yeah, he um, uh, I feel like I should tell you about how I feel about Kentucky. In all honesty, the best part of Kentucky was the brothers that I have for life now. I can't say I wish I didn't go there because it all still worked out for me, but that bleep was bleeping hard, and bro, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, hard bro, and I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, my first conversation with Cal, he said I was a six ten shooting guard. Didn't fall. Don't fall in love with his words. Let me tell you the real. You look like you could be the next KD for real. But if you're not ready, if you're not ready to do it like right now, like if you're not ready to be one of the bleeps and make all the plays, then you're gonna end up just being a skinny big man out there. And trust me, that bleep is hard. First things first, if your handle is shaky, he's going to stop you from dribbling. Then That's going to bleep you up because you're going to feel handicapped. Then he's going to tell you to just catch and shoot or go set a slip screen and try to get open from there. But if there are no bigs, you're going to be guarding all the bigs and on offense just hopping around or just, I don't know. Uh, it gets cut off there, but yeah. like he the, shows a lack of understanding that is pretty glaring there. It's pretty crazy. Like pretty, Cal, if you can't dribble, Cal's not going to let you dribble. Well, no crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you like shouldn't be dribbling. He was literally a turnover waiting to happen. If he touched the ball, it was like travel and yeah, you know, him complaining about being, having to like, that's exactly what Winion should be. That's exactly what his pitch should be. Is that he's a switchable like? Why do you think he's in the NBA now? Because he was a, he shot you know a great percentage from three. He was a catch and shoot guy. It, the Sacramento Kings aren't letting him handle the ball. I'm sorry, it's just not that's not happening. Um, it, this was a there was some delusion in this, and Calipari says that a lot of times about you know if guys are not delusional, then you know they will achieve what they want here. Yeah. Um, Th- this is a little bit delusional. Um, you know, can I say something else here a little bit about there is also a misconception that the games are the only place that player development happens. Like, man, if they don't do it in the games, they're just never going to learn. Right. These, these guys 
the whole point of this is that they come to the games are just part of it. Like, right. like, yeah, you need to display it in an organized setting, but these guys are working out and going through skill development, like workouts and sessions all the time. And the onus right. is on them to get better and whether or not they necessarily do it in the game, like exactly in the like translatable way that they would in the NBA doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's like, it's a really weird false uh, it's just a misunderstanding of how this works. And it's, it's interesting to me that when Yin, like just because he wasn't allowed to like put the ball on the floor in games, doesn't mean that he like, isn't supposed to improve as a ball handler. Like, yeah, it, it's That's amazing. It's all, to me. it's all a little odd. I mean, and look, we just went through this whole, you know, all the stats of all the other forwards and centers that have played for, uh, Kentucky here recently and under Kenny Payne and Calipari and, and, and the success rate's pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and the, and most of their reviews of their time there are pretty effusive in praise. And so, um, you know, here, here's the other thing, you know, I told you, I told you when I, um, when I did the worked on the Kenny Payne story, I talked to way more people than I actually quoted. Um, mm-hmm. I talked to like half of the guys, m- maybe more than half of their guys that are in the NBA. And one of those people that's not quoted that I talked to, I just pulled this up because it just dawned on me. I just thought about it. Oh, exclusive scoop! Uh, deleted scenes yeah. here on the podcast, folks. Here well, we go. Winyan Gabriel. I talked to Winyan Gabriel at NBA Summer League <laughs> in Vegas. Oh. And this is what he said about Kenny Payne. He's always making sure that he's about the players. He has a real off-the-court presence with us. He does a lot with us on the court, but off the court, we always talk to him. You can always tell him anything. You build a real connection there. We really look up to him, and that's why we call him uncle. Um, he said, uh, Cal was the main person who recruited me, but I, really, I remember meeting Kenny Payne on my visit, and that was a really big thing for me. That kind of sealed the deal once I met Kenny. I was, it was never anything specific. It's just that I always felt he was really genuine. He let me know that it was going to be here's He let me know that it was going to be hard. He didn't just tell you what you wanted to hear. He let you know this is going to be a grind. He asked you if you're ready, because if you're ready, he's going to be right there with you. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's, that, you know, <laughs> that's funny. He must have just. I don't know. Now this was after he sent that message, and I would yeah, imagine yeah. I would imagine that Kentucky had already been in touch. Um, uh, I would say, you know, I, I I have a general sense that John Calipari and the staff was pretty pretty disappointed in that. Uh, I think they try to do a lot for Winion. Um, I think even the support staff there. A lot of people did a lot of things to help Winion while he was here, uh, and. I think we can leave it at that. Right. But and also, I want know, to clarify. Like, a lot of people were working for Winyan um, while he was here in this program. Yeah. I want to clarify, too. I'm not trying to assassinate the kid's character. No. I just think, you know, it is it's it is what it is. He put it out there. Uh, my wife despises whenever I say that. It is what it is. It is um, what it is. Yeah. But um, it is. It's like, I, I'm sure that he's going to, I would hope. Hopefully he's going to look back and maybe wish that he'd handled it a little bit different, but uh, differently. But um, you know, Winyan has has had uh, a unique road, a unique path, and uh, I wish him the best. And I, I definitely am not rooting against him. I uh, want him to succeed. So look, you have one more thing on that. Well, as as we're on the topic of 
of the handful of guys who maybe have a beef about their development or their experience at Kentucky. You want to uh, tease this for the next segment? I mean, I can, I guess. Well, we're right up against it. Why don't you just tease it? We'll do. We'll take a break, and then Kyle will tell us a, a juicy story. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing juicier, as you alluded to, than a, a guy playing 11 minutes off the bench <laughs> in an NBA game. Uh, but, I mean, I, this is pretty interesting. Scal, I saw uh, a tweet of a highlight video of Scal LeBissier, uh, put it with a putback dunk in the game tonight in the Trailblazers season opener, mm-hmm. uh, and I went to the box score and he has eight points. The game's still going on as we're recording this about five minutes ago, uh, but the Trailblazers, by the way, a contender, um, and he has eight points and six rebounds um, in eleven minutes on the court tonight, um, which you know. It's a lot more contributing than he did most of last year. Well, there's um, a there's an opening in the Blazers rotation because they lost some depth at the four. They lost Alfred and they've got Aminu, some and they've got some injuries right now as well. And, so and Myers Leonard and Yusuf Nurkic and you know Whiteside is a pretty inconsistent scorer. And then Zach Collins is still kind of coming around. So if Scal gets a chance to come in there and uh, take take a bite, he's uh, He's going to have the opportunity. So well, I saw da- I saw a story that had Damian Damian Lillard calling uh, Scal the MVP of their preseason. That he was to him the most impressive guy of the preseason. So that would be a cool story. That's a that's a guy that it's really easy to root for. Uh, he obviously had a really rocky one year at Kentucky, but everybody that knows his backstory, you know, there's a lot to root for there. I mean, and and Winion very much the same. Uh, mm-hmm. I certainly don't wish ill on Winion. I just I think that was probably a very poor choice uh, yeah. that Winion made. But but cool to see Scal doing some stuff tonight, um, as well. Yeah, totally. Um, what was our last thing? By the way, J- Jaden McDaniel's went to Washington. In case anybody listening doesn't know how that turned out, uh, looked like for a while Kentucky was leading for him, um, top ten player in the class, and then it turned again. And he stayed home and went to Washington. I, I think that may have happened anyway, but yeah. I and and I also think he would have been. Uh, you agree with me on this? Oh, yeah. He would have been a disaster at Kentucky for Total the very disaster. It's funny because like whatever you think of this messaging from from Winion, it was a really important message for a guy like him to get. Uh, and Kentucky may think sort of if as long as it doesn't <laughs> affect, as long as it doesn't affect them with future guys like Cade Cunningham with that kind of coming out right now, uh, they may thank uh, Winion in some roundabout way for not ending up with Jaden McDaniels. That's not to say he's not going to end up being a really good player and Washington may be a much better place for him. But in the spotlight of Kentucky where they go, oh, we finally got a top five guy again. And uh, the expectation that would have been on him would have been so unreasonable because he's not a player that, in my opinion, is going to reach his anywhere close to his ceiling while he's in college. No. And certainly not in year one. Um, so it's weird. Like a lot of what's in that message is really applicable um, to Jaden McDaniels. And maybe that's all it was. Maybe it was just Winion seeing something similar in this kid and thinking, like, maybe I should just warn him that this was really hard for me and it might be really hard for him. Yeah, I, th- I think Jaden would have been a disaster here. So I think Winion might have done him a favor. But um, so the, the the forecast has kind of come out about that. We'll end with some kind of football weather here. The forecast has come out. Uh, they're expecting similar conditions to last weekend at Georgia. Apparently, they're expecting it to torrential downpour. 
What do you? Th- how do you think that's going to affect the proceedings? Yeah, I was trying to decide whether I think that's good or bad for Kentucky, and I'm leaning towards good. I am too. Um, because I'm still not sold that Sawyer Smith is that they're ready to ride with him. Uh, even if they are, we don't know what you're going to get with him. And if you're going to play him, you're playing to throw the ball. Um, and that's one thing that's hard to do in the rain. And if you have the, you know, the backup plan is run it a bunch and do that with a, with a running quarterback who can sort of direct uh, the running game, either hand it, give it or keep it. Um, and you don't certainly don't want to be doing that with Sawyer Smith, uh, fragile as he is. Uh, it would also ground Missouri's passing game and Kelly Bryant a little bit. Um, I think, especially playing at home, you you in Kentucky's case, you want the rain. Just line up and try to to control the ball and the clock and and smash them a little bit. Yeah, totally. Um, I you know especially especially if Lynn's back there, man. I, I think that it ultimately could, be, and especially because Lynn is so elusive. Um, hopefully they can get a little offense going, you know, obviously didn't, didn't succeed much at that against Georgia, but, uh, it's Georgia. So, uh, yeah. Are you planning on, uh, are you going to go to the game? Uh, no, I'm not. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were asking me if I wanted to go. I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> when no. I get to go for, no, I mean, but, the, you know, yeah. when, when, you know, when there's some big games, I'll be there. Um, I'll probably end up there at the Louisville game, especially if there's something big on the line. But you you're know, a fair weather reporter. No, the athletic hired me to cover basketball. I work for our basketball vertical, the 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 uh, the athletic college basketball site, um, and I have dipped my toes into football because I love football. It's it, I mean I enjoy writing about it. I love watching football. Um, if if eight years of data at three different places I've worked uh, supported daily football coverage i'd be all about it i would i would happily do it and uh, <laughs> and provide it but the numbers say that that uh, not enough people are interested in that uh, for for it to um sort of dictate what we do right now at least but uh people do get excited about the big games they've certainly gotten excited about a handful of stories about key figures that we've done on football players but that's a long way to say no i won't be there this weekend but Certainly, if they're playing for a bowl game uh, against Louisville at the end of the season, I'll be there because yeah. uh, I think that we might be hurtling towards that. It might be – it's happened before in, in the last few years. We might be hurtling towards two five and six teams, you know, meeting in the final game of the season in the rivalry game where, where the winner goes to a bowl game and the loser goes home. Yep, there's which, a lot on the line fun, here. You know, it's it, that's like well, the rare game where two five and six teams could get you excited. Yep, yep, a lot on the line. And uh, coming up here, we'll we'll be we'll be talking about that and 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 checking in on that. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the Athletics. Subscribe to the Ringer YouTube channel. Follow me at J Kyle Man. Follow Kyle Tucker at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And uh, say hello. Uh, Shoot the breeze with us. Give us a review, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You are Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.